0: Hello, and welcome to The Mystic Show. Today is September 27th, 2013, and I'm Chris Curran. And this show is where we talk about spirituality, meditation, even a lot of uh, personal development and self-help. We're all on a spiritual journey, and on that journey we meet many difficulties we have some joy and happiness and we talk with other people about uh, their stories, their journeys and uh, and this show is really a place to have that conversation about about our journey each each of us um So our website is dot themysticshow.net, and you can find all the past shows there, actually. And we broadcast every weekday at 7 a.m. Eastern Time on the Fractal Stream. And we also replay the show twice in the evening, 8 p.m. and 1 a.m. Eastern Time. So if you miss the live broadcast, you can catch the replay, and if you miss all of that, you can still get the podcast, which is archived on the website, themysticshow.net. And we also have a phone number here, you can give us a call, that's on the website itself, but I'll just give it to you real quick, 973-498-8033, 973-498-8033. Eight zero three three. So we're. I'm happy to have you uh, with me this morning on the Mystic Show. We left off yesterday talking about uh, listening. A little bit. We started getting into listening, and listening is one of those topics that is. I mean, it is so important, and I think it is so neglected it's just not a habit of most people to really listen to other people so i mean when we don't listen it's almost it's almost rude when you don't listen when someone else is speaking and what happens is if we don't listen properly we don't get the meaning we don't get the feeling or the emotion of what the person is saying or what the person is and then we misunderstand the message and and of course that's where the whole problem of communication starts so the greek philosopher epictetus said we have two ears and one mouth so that we can listen twice as much as we speak <laughs> right we have two ears and one mouth so we should listen twice as much as we speak. And listening skills really are among the most important skills that anyone can have. When you, when you really listen to another person, you, like I said, you it's almost like you pay them respect. And we recognize them as having something important to say. And have you ever experienced in your life where you're talking to someone and they're really not listening, and you know they're really not listening, I mean, that's almost humiliating. You're trying to talk and get your point across, but the person's just not listening. And, of course, by listening, we're not talking about, you know, looking at the person and, like, nodding your head and saying, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, mm-hmm, and basically waiting for your chance to talk you know you're just that's not listening when you're just sitting there nodding your head and waiting for the person to stop talking so you can start talking of course that's not listening so the you know we obviously listen with our ears and you um you can hear what the other person says and the words they say have meaning right the words a person uses definitely have meaning, but there's also, you know, the analogies people use when they speak are very telling. Um, and also, you can listen for the emotion in the voice. Like I said, someone's, like if they're speaking fast or slow or some, you know, a lot of times if you listen, you can really almost start to feel how they feel or... um know what kind of a state they're in, right? So we can also listen with our eyes. Of course, when you're on the radio or on the phone, you can't really do that. But when you're in person, you you can look at the person and, again, you can glean things from just looking at how they speak, their their gestures, their facial expressions, you know, does their do their facial expre- expressions match the words? Sometimes people are speaking, you know, like they're very courageous and brave, but in their face they look very fearful. So that's that's kind of like uh, that's incongruent communication. And you know, there's a lot of nonverbal communication. You can tell a lot by a person's body language. I think we all know that. Uh, but the most advanced listening skill is to listen with your heart. And that means, like I said, going, trying to feel a little deeper into the, into the speaker's voice and their being. You know, what is underneath the words that they're saying? So, a lot of us try to speak to people, and we have people speak to us. And usually there's not a lot of listening going on. But listening is so important, and and quite often that's what people need. That and that's one way you can probably help people the most in life is just to listen to them. You know, we all want to do these big, great deeds, and you know, help humanity and save the world and make peace on earth. All this stuff, but you know what? Probably just talking with someone and letting them speak and really listening. That is so valuable that, I mean, it means so much to the person, right? Especially if they're in some need, you know, if they're in a needful place where they just need to be heard, they need help. And most of, you know, a lot of times we are in that place where we do need help. We do need someone to listen Ralph Waldo Emerson said, Every man I meet is in some way my superior, and in that I can learn of him. I love that one. Every man I meet is in some way my superior, and in that I can learn of him. Right, so everyone you meet... In some areas, they, they, they're stronger than you. They have more strength than you. They're superior to you. I mean, they may be a roofer, and you're, you're not a roofer. Well, they're a superior roofer, aren't they? You could learn something about roofs and roofing from them, right? So everyone we talk to is... We can learn from every single person on earth, literally. Literally and if you take that attitude and if you actually listen to people on a deeper level and of course one of the main features of listening is to shut your mouth and not talk you know a lot it's very common that we just want to talk we want to tell our point of view we want to tell our story you know oh we always want to up the other person right Oh, uh, when I drove to work today, I got cut off twice. Oh, yeah, well, I got cut off four times. You know, we always have to be a little bit better than the other person. It's really not necessary. It's better just to be quiet and listen. And, of course, this takes practice like, like anything else. So those are a little couple points on listening that I wanted to just talk about yesterday, but we ran out of time. Um so I'm going to grab <clears throat> I'm going to grab the James Allen book that we're reading from and um and I'll I'll just be back in one second. Okay, thanks to Tool, the song is called Intention, and you're listening to The Mystic Show, and we broadcast live on the Fractal Stream, and our website is themysticshow.net, and right now we're going to jump back in, and we're going to finish this chapter number six of this James Allen book that we're reading. The book is called "Byways of Blessedness," and James Allen, who wrote the book, was an English mystic from about a hundred years ago um actually, I found out yesterday he passed away in nineteen twelve and um and yeah actually some a couple of the listeners sent in some information on James Allen, so I'm gonna um you know over the next couple of shows, we're going to just get a little bit more background information on James Allen, which is great. So we're reading from chapter six. Sometimes I get the numbers messed up, but yes, this is chapter six called Sympathy. And really, sympathy, he's been talking about, one of the thing that blocks our sympathy is our selfishness. You know, we're so selfish, we don't want to give any sympathy but sympathy is so important as he says it really connects us to other people because we really are connected anyway and when you're not sympathetic it's almost like you're hurting yourself and so what can happen is if we're too selfish we condemn others instead of being sympathetic with them And he's been talking about the sinner and the saint, and that the saint used to be a sinner, and he overcame the obstacles, and that's why he can be sympathetic towards the sinner today, because he knows where the sinner is at, and he knows that he's going to overcome his obstacles. So, sympathy is very important. So, let's continue from chapter 6, Sympathy. From the book Byways of Blessedness by James Allen Much that is commonly called sympathy is personal affection To love them who love us is human bias and inclination But to love them who do not love us is divine sympathy Sympathy is needed because of the prevalence of suffering For there is no being or creature who has not suffered Through suffering, sympathy is evolved Not in a year or a life or an age Is the human heart purified and softened by suffering But after many lives of intermittent pain, after many ages of ever-recurring sorrow, man reaps the golden harvest of his experiences and garners in the rich, ripe sheaves of love and wisdom. And then he understands. And understanding, he sympathizes. All suffering is the result of ignorantly violated law. And after many repetitions of the same wrong act and the same kind of suffering resulting from that act, knowledge of the law is acquired and the higher state of obedience and wisdom is reached. Then there blossoms the pure, And perfect flower of sympathy One aspect of sympathy is that of pity Pity for the distressed or pain stricken With the desire to alleviate or help them bear their sufferings The world needs more of this divine quality but it can only be developed by eradicating all hardness and unkindness, all accusation and resentment. He who, when he sees another suffering for his sin, hardens his heart and thinks or says, it serves him right. Such a one cannot exercise pity nor apply its healing balm. Every time a man acts cruelly towards another, be it only a dumb creature, or refuses to bestow needed sympathy, he dwarfs himself, deprives himself of ineffable blessedness, and prepares himself for suffering. Another form of sympathy is that of rejoicing with those who are more successful than ourselves, as though their success were our own. Blessed indeed is he who is free from all envy and malice, and can rejoice and be glad when he hears of the good fortune of those who regard him as an enemy. The protecting of creatures weaker and more indefensible than oneself is another form in which this divine sympathy is manifested. The helpless frailty of the dumb creation calls for the exercise of the deepest sympathy. The glory of superior strength resides in its power to shield not to destroy. Not by the callous destruction of weaker things is life truly lived, but by their preservation. And the lowest creature is not separated from the highest, but by greater weakness, by lesser intelligence. When we pity and protect, we reveal and enlarge the divine life and joy within ourselves. When we thoughtlessly or callously inflict suffering or destroy, then our divine life becomes obscured, and its joy fades and dies. Bodies may feed bodies, and passions passions, but man's divine nature is only nurtured, sustained, and developed by kindness, love, sympathy, and all pure and unselfish acts. By bestowing sympathy on others, we increase our own. Sympathy given can never be wasted. Even the meanest creature will respond to its heavenly touch for it is the universal language which all creatures understand I have recently heard a true story of a Dartmoor convict whose terms of incarceration in various convict stations extended to over 40 years as a criminal he was considered one of the most callous And hopelessly abandoned, and the warders found him almost intractable. But one day he caught a mouse, a weak, terrified, hunted thing like himself, and its helpless frailty and the similarity of its condition with his own appealed to him, and started into flame the divine spark of sympathy which smoldered in his crime-hardened heart and which no human touch had ever wakened into life. He kept the mouse in an old boot in his cell, fed, tended, and loved it. And in his love for the weak and helpless, he forgot, and lost his hatred for the strong. His heart and his hand were no longer against his fellows. He became tractable and obedient to the uttermost. The warders could not understand his change. It seemed to them little short of miraculous that this most hardened of all criminals should suddenly be transformed into the likeness of a gentle, obedient child. Even the expression of his features altered remarkably. A pleasing smile began to play around the mouth, which had formerly been moved to nothing better than a cruel grin. And the implacable hardness of his eyes disappeared and gave place to a soft, deep, mellow light. The criminal was a criminal no longer. He was saved, converted, clothed, and in his right mind, restored to humaneness and to humanity, and set firmly on the pathway to divinity by pitying and caring for a defenseless creature. All this was made known to the warders shortly afterwards, when, on his discharge, he took the mouse away with him. Thus, sympathy bestowed increases its store in our own hearts and enriches and fructifies our own life. Sympathy given is blessedness received. Sympathy withheld is blessedness forfeited. In the measure that a man increases and enlarges his sympathy, so much nearer does he approach the ideal life, the perfect blessedness. And when his heart has become so mellowed, that no hard, bitter, or cruel thought can enter and detract from its permanent sweetness, then indeed is he richly and divinely blessed. So there you have it. Uh, wow. What an ending to the the chapter on sympathy. And, uh, we'll just take a minute to, uh, to think about that that was that was pretty great Thank you to Honor Finnegan for that song, The Eyes of May. That's from her album, Human Heart. Again, Honor Finnegan, thank you. You're listening to The Mystic Show, and our website is themysticshow.net. And if you go there, you'll see all the archived shows and also our phone number, which you can give us a call. And actually, in a few minutes, I'm going to uh, get... One of our guests on the phone. I'm gonna start to call her Mystic Maria. <laughs> it's Maria Mantadakis. She was on our show, I think, last Friday or two Fridays ago. Um. Yeah, and she she's gonna we're gonna talk about a lot of interesting things, actually. I have some about the balancing of work and spirituality. That's one of the things we're gonna talk about because Maria is just she's an adept at that. She's, she's got it down. So what a, what a story that the end of this chapter on sympathy, huh? About this hardened criminal who was in jail and he found a mouse and he really took care of it and, you know, helped it and fed it. And literally that changed his whole being. And like, like James Allen says, no human touch could have made that change, right? I mean, you could you could send in therapists and psychologists to talk to the guy. But none of them are going to have, have any real effect on him as much as the mouse did. Right? It reminds me of that movie, um, I think it's called The Green Mile. I think in that movie as well... Um, I think the guy had a little mouse as a pet. I can't remember, though. I think I might be confusing the Green Mile with the Shawshank Redemption, which were both very good movies. And that reminds me, we're going to have to do our segment on movies. Maybe we should, well, maybe we'll make one day of the week about, we'll do like a movie segment. Maybe Maybe it, it probably should be Friday's. So, all right, so if you have any um, quote-unquote spiritual movies that you want to mention or talk about, just, you can email us through the site, through the website, themysticshow.net. You just go to the Contact Us page and fill in the form and hit Submit, and that'll come to us. And by the way, when I talk about, when I mention spiritual movies, obviously, or maybe not so obviously... Um, there's really no such thing as a spiritual movie. I mean, the movie is just a movie, but what I'm referring to is the um, you know, the the topic or some of the some of the subjects within the movie that make you think about spiritual topics. Because again, this this show, the Mystic Show, is really about spirituality and meditation and all that stuff, but it's not just about talking about abstract ideas and, and, you know, learning about the aura and all this stuff or whatever, you know, energy healing. I mean, it's all good stuff, but my question is always, okay, how is that helping you in real life? How is that helping you become more sympathetic or become more, uh, soft and loving, and affectionate, or whatever. Because if all this spirituality business doesn't really reflect on our lives, then I'm not sure how much good it does. So we're also going to have a few guests on next week. What We're going to have more guests on, which is great. And we're going to talk about some some good stuff. But again, we're always going to stick to the fact that this is a very practical journey that we're on. Spiritual journey is a practical one. You know, you're you're living in a body right now, and in a few years, your your body is going to die, <laughs> or many years, I should say, <laughs> not a few. Although in the in the context of you know eternity, a hundred years is nothing. Right. So here we go. I'm gonna give uh I'm gonna I'm gonna give a call to our guest here, Maria Montadacis. Like I said, I might I kinda want to call her Mystic Maria. Hello. Hello Maria. This is Chris from the Mystic Show.
1: Good morning, Chris. How are you?
0: <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> Were you listening to the show at all?
1: No, not this morning. Okay. I'm sorry. No,
0: no, that's okay because I just, I was telling the listeners that, um, my, my new, well, my new little nickname for you is Mystic Maria. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this is great. You're, you're just to let the people know that you're, a uh, definitely a spiritual aspirant and I would say a modern day mystic. And, and also you're, um, you're a certified um, trainer for the Dale Carnegie Institute, right?
1: Yes, yes.
0: And you're also, uh, you know, you work, you have a career, right?
1: Absolutely, yes. I have a career in um, one of the largest telecommunications companies in the world. It's, um, yes, everything everything comes together in a great way.
0: Right. So, and in fact, that's one of the things I wanted to talk about with you today uh maria is about this whole you know the fact that we can be spiritual and we could try to you know gain spiritual knowledge and become spiritual people but i think the number one question that that comes up when you start on a spiritual journey is like how the heck do you maintain that sort of attitude when you go to work and there's all these crazy people at work making demands on you and casting their doubts upon you and fears upon you? I mean, and you're, you know, I know you're a, a, on a more senior level in your company. So, how do you how do you reconcile those two areas of life, the workplace and 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 your spirituality? Is it hard for you?
1: Sure. Well, it's not hard for me, but I could definitely see, but it used to be, right? It used to be, because one of the things that we seem to do is to get wrapped up in what's going on, right? We um, Things happen and we respond. And I think when you're in a spiritual journey, you have to always be rising above it. And you have to be looking at things not from the perspective of what is going on, but from a spiritual perspective. Um, so so just as an example, um, many, many years ago, probably when I was in my 20s, and that was many years ago, <laughs> <laughs> Um I, I was working and I was doing really well and doing what I was doing and you get promoted and all of a sudden you have people working for you and you are the boss and that's when you realize that you're not gonna be liked by everyone. <laughs> you know <laughs> uh some people um just don't like their boss by default. And some people also have decided never to be the boss because they don't want to not be liked by people. Mm -hmm. And I think that that right there turned into a spiritual experience for me because you need to remind yourself that even though you're called the boss, you're not there to boss people around but you're there to serve. So the minute that you know you become promoted in that position, then all of a sudden you realize that you have an additional responsibility and and that responsibility is pretty big. You know, it's basically to understand every person that's on your team and to understand what their potential is even if they don't see it and you you get into a journey of serving them of, of making them realize their potential and of making sure um, that they see it you know some people don't want to reach it you know some people have beautiful talents and beautiful skills but you know they refused to go there. So I think it was at that point that I realized that when you go to work, and if you are in the spiritual journey, it's not necessarily about what's going on. Uh, whatever your job is, you know, if you are creating reports all day, or if you have a team and. Um, you are delivering something all day it's not really about that but sometimes you need to take a step back and you need to ask what is my excuse me what is my purpose here um what am i to how am i to serve and what am i to learn from this experience because regardless of whether it's work or whether it's our personal life. Everything that's going on um, is always about how do we help others, you know, or what do we learn from from the experience that we're in. And I think if we look at things from that perspective, it gets le- less frustrating. Um, I always say, I love, love, love my job. But a lot of people scratch their heads when I say (laughs) that. (laughs) But I love my job when I look at who I'm interacting with and have defined how am I serving them or whatever is going on. How am I learning and how am I getting to the next level of my spiritual journey? So.
0: That's really cool, Maria. That the I like that. It's just a simple little uh, two pronged thing there. You're you're helping people and you're learning. You know, um, and and it really must make such a difference. And and I've experienced this too. If you walk into a meeting and you plan on you know bossing everyone around and telling everyone what to do and and reprimanding people, uh, that's it's quite a different experience when you walk in and thinking okay, how can I serve these people? How can I help them? How can I help the team overcome the problems, right? Isn't the reaction from the team a lot different?
1: Oh, absolutely. And, and believe it or not, also the customers, um, uh, the customer just loves people who do not play games, who um, understand their role of serving and learning and making the experience a positive one for everyone. Um, and and people who are who are in a win-win mindset, you're not there to take from anybody. You know you want everybody to be happy, everybody to be winning, and moving forward in their journey. Um, and And when you are a spiritual person, there will always be people who will not get you. Like, what is she doing here? <laughs> <laughs> How could she be happy, you know? And, um, but but Chris, as you know, um, in my previous job, I was working for a company that at the time was uh, 150,000 people large, and they made an announcement that... 125,000 people were going to be losing their job.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: In the next few years. And even with the situation, I immediately thought, well, they're not talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> Where everybody was thinking, well, I'm losing my job. And one of the reasons that I was thinking, they can't be talking about me was because a situation was created where lots of people were going to be needing spiritual support, and um, uh, so I've even been through that where, you know, the whole organizational structure goes away, and you go to work every day, and... I think for a good two-month time frame, I didn't even have a boss. You know, everybody was <laughs> gone. <laughs> oh, but I was still happy to be there because um, sometimes, you know, uh, people would be walked out, you know, after losing their jobs. And they would say, um, instead of my supervisor walking me out, um, could, could Maria walk me out? Mm. And and some of these people, I didn't even know that well. And, you know, it would be very painful, right, watching folks in pain and struggling. And I just knew that, you know, with a hug and with some words of hope, uh, people were starting their own journey, a brand new professional journey. And I wanted them to know it wasn't
0: the end of the world, right? Um, it was just an experience. Right, and that's it, it's good that you mentioned that because that's one of the things I was just talking about um, after we read the chapter, finished up the chapter on sympathy, was that, and I also talked about listening at the beginning of the show today, and, you know, a lot of times that's what people need is just someone to listen and someone to just be there and be supportive and sympathetic and, and be in a good vibration near them. And that, to me, I consider that a spiritual service that you're providing to someone. They don't they don't see it that way, of course, and you might not see it that way, giving it, but what a great way to help another human being who's, go, who's going through a tough time, right?
1: Absolutely,
0: absolutely. So, and I wanted to ask you, you know, because you really are... I don't think I've ever. We've known each other for many years now, and I, I've never seen you like in a bad mood or anything, and <laughs> and or upset really with anything. Or and may, maybe you are. You just don't show it. I don't know. So, so how do you, how do you stay there? Because you know, we're sort of talking about trying to be a spiritual person in the workplace and how difficult that can be sometimes. Um, what if people do get in like a little bit of a bad mood? I mean, what what can they do how can they you know snap out of it or
1: right right so um i i always and and i do get upset oh, okay <laughs> <laughs> i do get upset at times right. but but that's because it, it's very easy to get wrapped up in stuff right you kind of watch what's going on and you expect some things to happen and then something else happens, and you're so tied into the outcome that you get upset. So um, I do a lot of things. I do a lot of releasing, you know, releasing, not being tied into an outcome. Because the bottom line is, especially, especially at work, it doesn't matter. You know, whatever the outcome is, it doesn't matter, and and maybe, maybe I have that depth um, because I I did watch a lot of people lose their jobs, and then ultimately, after I kept my job, you know, the company was bought by a French company, and that's when I lost my job. <laughs> oh. um, but but I was able to find another one within a month. So, you know, with all those experiences, whatever you've been through, sometimes you find out, especially at work, not to get tied to outcomes because it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. Um, you need to know that you will be okay and um so 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 what do i do right um i i don't know chris if you or any of your listeners uh have ever been to to some of the courses you know out there and i think one of uh, the most popular ones is a tony robbins course where um, you get to walk on hot coals, right?
0: Mm. Did you do that?
1: <laughs> yes. You did?
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: So, so basically, um, uh, you are overtaken by the fear that your feet are going to be burned. Right. Because physically, you're going to walk on extremely hot coals. But you're watching a room full of people walk on coals and not get burned. And, and that correlates very much with what goes on for us, you know, at work in our personal lives. Um, fe- your feet will get burned if, as you're walking on the coals, you look down And you start thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm walking on hot gold (laughs) (laughs) But but basically what they're asking you to do is as you're actually, you know, walking, running, to to be looking at the other side. And as you're walking, there's people in the sidelines that are telling you, don't look down, just look across, look at the end result. Mm -hmm. And as long as you keep focused, on the future on the end result you don't burn your feet mm. I think um, you know in the Bible there is correlating stories right where it basically um, that there, is, there is one story about Jesus walking on water and Peter wants to walk on water so he gets out of the boat and the the sea is turbulent. And anytime he looks down, he sinks in. But when he looks at Jesus, Jesus is telling him, "Don't look at your, don't look at the the water, just look at me." and and I always I always play that story, and I always play, you know, the walking on coal story that. When you're looking at your troubles, you will sink. And when you're looking at the higher purpose, the desired outcome, and you know that it's a journey, you're not going to be stuck here. You're not going to drown right. You're not meant to drown right in this position. Right. You're meant to be moving forward. Um, then you don't get burned and then you don't sink so um so that's the tape that keeps playing and as far as being happy chris i am thrilled <laughs> <laughs> to be alive and i'm thrilled to be around the people that are around me so yes when i'm around you and when i'm around Mallar, and when i'm around wonderful wonderful people of course i'm happy i'm thrilled. To be experiencing um, all the wonderful things that we get to
0: experience together. Um, well, Yep, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, that's a great message, Maria. That's a phenomenal story. I, I, I just want to remind everyone: you're listening to uh, the Mystic Show, and our website is themysticshow.net. And our guest today is Mystic Maria. <laughs> 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 it's uh, well, yeah. I mean, you have a real name, but come on. Why use the real name when we call you <laughs> mystic Maria, so thank you know you're bringing such a good message there about you know if you keep an eye on your goal or if you keep an eye on the higher purpose or higher values, then you sort of just you know you get by all the the daily pain and suffering it, it doesn't really get hold of you enough to to bring you down, right exactly. So that's good. And um, and you're also a member of the Pause Your Life group. I just want to remind everyone that Pause Your Life um, has a website, pauseyourlife.org. And they, they do meetups and retreats. And there's also a daily pause email that you can sign up for where you'll get an inspirational quote every day. And you can pause for a minute on that. So, so we're talking with Maria Mantadakis about, you know, spirituality in the workplace how do you remain a spiritual person when you're at work and and work is crazy and people are fearful and demanding and you know that's how work is right <laughs> um so go ahead maria
1: <laughs> so uh, i i just need to tell everyone if you're in new jersey you have to attend the Pause Your Life meetup. (laughs) Um, It's exactly what we were just talking about as far as finding yourself surrounded by the most tremendous people and finding yourself blessed to be having the experience that you're having. And I think when you do pause your life, that's when you get to see clearly that it's not about the stuff. <laughs> 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 it's, <laughs> it's not about whatever is going on in in your life right this moment. Um, mm-hmm. and, and the other thing I need to say, Chris, is that um, the subject that we talked about in our last meetup, which was simplicity, I have been referencing throughout the month so a lot of things have come up and uh, the message from the meetup was to keep our life simple. Mm-hmm. And um, anyway, it has tremendously uh, helped me in my journey. And um, it, it's all about the experiences that we have in our lives. That bring us to our next level, and that meetup definitely brings me to my next level.
0: <laughs> nice. So
1: I want to thank you for for having it and being inspired to have it, and actually executing on that inspiration.
0: Thanks, Maria. We're we're happy to have you as a member of the Pause Your Life group. Um. And yeah, if you're in North Jersey, we do the meetup group, and we're also planning retreats. Um, Maria, before you mentioned. That you use some releasing techniques, and since we're talking about you know in general about spirituality, trying to be a spiritual person in the workplace and and avoiding problems, but if you do you know catch if, if some of the negativity does get on you, what, what what kind of things do you do to release that?
1: Right. So um, there's always things that bother us, right? And these things are things we created. So when something bothers us, it actually means that an event happened and we gave meaning to that event. And we actually create an energy field that is the problem, what bothers us. And that energy field travels throughout our body. And that's how we get our headaches, and, you know, that's how sometimes we get asthma attacks, and that's how we start getting chest pain. <laughs> mm. And if we hold on to those energy fields, eventually they make us sick, right? So, so there are several um, uh, releasing techniques that I use. Uh, depending on the intensity of the problem (laughs) 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 and um, one is by the Sedona method and that's a very, very simple one and it basically asks you not to welcome whatever is going on in your life but to welcome the thoughts of whatever is going on in your life so if something is bothering you, it's you know, think about the thoughts that you're having that are creating the problem and just welcome them. And the second step is to welcome anything that you're doing to control the situation. So if 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 you already have a plan on how to resist the situation, on how to fix it, you just welcome any any thoughts about controlling it. And then the third step is welcoming any thoughts where you believe it's personal, where you believe it's, it's happening to you and nobody else and it's all about you. So you go through those three steps of welcoming the thoughts, welcoming whatever you're doing to control it, welcoming any thoughts that say it's personal, and then I use a second technique, which is actually three questions that say, you know, can you release it? And the answer is always a yes or no. The second question is, would you release it? And the third question is, when? Um, so if you go through that process, and even when you when you ask yourself, can you release it? If the answer is no, you're still releasing it. <laughs> <laughs> and if you say, would you release it? You know, if you say no, since you're focusing on it, you're still releasing it a little bit. But you go through that process several times until you look inside yourself and there's nothing left. You know, you you feel that that it has gone.
0: Right, that's a interesting process. Um I think my wife just watched that Sedona method D V D. Um I yeah. And uh it was very interesting. So basically you're just acknowledging what you're feeling, what you're thinking, because I mean the feel the thoughts and the feelings are not bad, right? They're good. It's like that's that's you as a human being thinking and feeling. I mean, that's what you do. So quite often I think a lot of us, we kind of beat ourselves up because we're having certain thoughts or we're feeling a certain way. And I, that's a great technique because it just says, okay, it's okay that you're feeling that way, right?
1: Absolutely. Everything in our life has a purpose, right? The only things that we want to release... things that are bad for us and any time that we start feeling hate for somebody or strong dislike for somebody or all those things we start believing that by not liking somebody we hurt them Uh, but like Wayne Dyer says Um, You know, not liking somebody is like taking poison and expecting someone else to die.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, So all those thoughts um, or all those feelings we need to release, and sometimes we don't know how. Like, you know, I'm feeling badly about this person who I believe did bad things to me, but I don't know how to release it. So these techniques basically... You know, help you to re- to to release and feel better yourself. So it's not about the other person; it's really about you.
0: Right. That's I love that. So before we get too close to the end, Maria, I just want to say we I only have a couple minutes left. Um, I know last time you were on, we had to <laughs> finish up really quick. It was a tiny bit awkward. For it I felt, but then I released that feeling i said it's okay to feel that way
1: (laughs) absolutely it was great
0: (laughs) (laughs) so this is great we're talking to uh mystic maria mantadakis and she we've been talking about spirituality and how to live it in the workplace and um and i know there's a lot more you can share as well um so i was curious about uh maybe one or two books spiritual books that have been a big influence on you in your life and i don't want you to answer now because i know you're you're you you've uh you, you've already said that you can come on the show next week as well so maybe next week we can talk about a couple of the spiritual books that have really made an impact on in your journey and, and some of the messages in those books yes
1: absolutely right I have lots. <laughs> right. I, I know. Is, is
0: it going to be hard to choose one or two, Maria?
1: No, no, no. Um, because it's not just books. It's books and pro You know, I normally read a book, and then I go and I attend a program, right? So right. Um, I, um, I actually used to do a workshop for Toastmasters where I would talk about those books. And as you know, Chris, your book was in that um So, you know, Leap Beyond Your Limits was always within the books that have changed my life.
0: (laughs) Wow, thank you so much, Maria. Well, this has been great. Thanks for joining us on the Mystic Show. Um, And uh, again, Maria Montadakis, spiritual aspirant, certified Dale Carnegie instructor, and successful corporate spiritual person. (laughs) Oh, God, that was kind of lame. But thank you, Maria, for being on The Mystic Show. We really appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much, Chris. Thank you for the privilege.
0: All right, great. Okay. And for our listeners, as you move through your day, maybe think about some of these principles. Maybe if you're at work, maybe jot down some notes or do some of those releasing techniques or send us a note and let us what you thought. So, as always, move through your day with power and purpose and calmness and keep shining.